Weird. Okay. So I, I guess we're going to talk about the Oscars. Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, Parasite's up for Best Picture. Parasite, Yay. yes, yes. Hey, and Best Director. There's yes. one yes. piece of Song good news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes. not director for some reason. Not no, director. He, is he director? Yes. He's director. Oh, okay. is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It's the only, but it's also like a non-English language film. Isn't, you it know, is yep. in yep. nomination for Best Picture. Even though it's my favorite movie from this year, it's not going to win. But it's I mean, it, like it's uh, still, yeah. like it'll win best foreign language film. Like it, yeah. it'll get the consolation prize. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, animated short. That one's another one where I'm excited mm-hmm. uh, about um, Matthew Cherry's animated short, which is Hair Love. Uh, it's like a beautiful. I think it's about like seven minutes or so. It's like a beautiful story of like a black father and his daughter and him like trying to like take care of her hair, which mm-hmm. is. Again, like a journey. Yes, <laughs> and it's like that a beautiful, beautiful story. As hell. Yeah, I, don't I think, really cannot wait to see this. Yeah, I watched it, and if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think there's like any like dialogue or anything. It's all just like portrayed like through like visuals, and it's done like so beautifully. Sounds and amazing. I was like tearing up like multiple times within the seven minute like, <laughs> story. It was, it was so good and beautiful, and I'm so glad that that got nominated. Um, I don't know what else is. What are there any other things that you're excited about in terms of nominations, Taria Cullen? <laughs> no, no, was, um, no. Is Greta Gerwig got anything? Good? She got. I think it's Little for Women be- for, for Little Best Women. Picture. Yeah, but oh, that's yeah. one what, that didn't get Best Director. Yes, yeah. Which I would figure if you get Best Picture, it would seem like those would go hand in hand, but. I, I don't yeah. know. It's I'm also, not on the Academy. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. The, the Academy that is still like almost entirely white men. Yeah, yes. I, I feel like yeah, that would be just like aggressive and I don't want to deal with it. Also, like, I mean, I get it's a lot of movies, but when your job is to award those movies, and like, so many if, of them seriously, just, like, your job is to watch movies, and so many of them like, like just haven't even seen all of the movies. Like, yes. It's just yeah. so weird to me that that's like a thing that happens year to year of like so many of the people on the voting board who have like the power to make these decisions like just literally haven't seen like a Half good of handful of <laughs> yeah. like the movies that they're voting on. Yeah, I, I, and I they think get screeners. I think one like, of yeah. the reasons why Parasite <laughs> will not win Best Picture is like a lot of these white men haven't seen Parasite because they don't want to read the subtitles. That one inch barrier. Because yep. yeah. <laughs> they don't want to read subtitles. So, but yeah, let's not watch the best movie that I've seen in like... In years. Like yeah. A, yeah. Half a decade, maybe? Yep. But I yeah. do love uh, what uh, Bong Joon-ho did say about like the Oscars, which is pretty much, she called it just like a local award festival. And it's like, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it is yeah. very yeah. local. Yep. Like, the, the again, the voting body is very Narrow. limited yeah yes. and yeah, yeah it, it, it is not uh, I feel like it doesn't have the same impact I feel like a lot of people who are um, making film right now a lot of people who are uh, critiquing film um, at the professional level are you know more and more recognizing the again that limited perspective and that meaninglessness the of it has. <laughs> again we've talked yep. about this before yep. about the idea of like giving like ranking art in like you know, yeah. giving, the, the like, fact that art like, is subjective yeah giving like, <laughs> like, like awards for art is something that is already kind of like eh. <laughs> i understand like wanting to provide like recognition for you know people that are like outstanding in their field um but to 
like this whole like best thing, uh, like this whole yeah. like better than, worse than. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are things that are definitively but- bad, but <laughs> <laughs> but but like you know when there are you know, people who are doing like art and making it uh, in a way that like speaks to specific people, it's not going to speak to everyone first of all. And so yeah, there's going to be things that people just don't get, and so and, I mean I get that recognition. And, and he's already got the international recognition. He got the Palme d'Or at Cannes. So yeah. Why does he need an Oscar? Because... <laughs> 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 yeah. He can use it as a doorstop. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, now that we've talked about movies, um, yeah, let's get into. Well, the... Let's talk about TV. Yeah, that's we... something that's really. Different we've been for doing us. this podcast for three years. This is the first time we're doing a TV show. Um, because we just love it so Because the TV show's so much. good! Yeah. Also, this show is the definition of I want you to watch this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, we actually, yeah. both uh, uh, Craig and I have been watching it, and we're like, Colin, you gotta watch this show, you gotta watch this show, and then we get this flurry of text. Yes. Oh, I know! Because we've been talking about this show off mic for a really long time, and once both of you recommended it and I started watching it, I was like, all right, I have to tell you how much I'm loving this. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that show is Shit's Creek. Um, yep. Yeah, we're we're a bunch of shitheads over here. <laughs> we, we are. are. We are. We are I wish shitheads. I I wish I could go to Shit's Con, which is what right. they're <laughs> starting to call it. Yep. Oh my god, could you just imagine yep. like starting a shit con, a Shit's Con of like? <laughs> I think they did for the last did episode. They? Oh my like, god. Locals in the town did. I feel like that would just be like the most like wonderful and like nice just Group like of gathering people. Of people. just find a really nice little town in Canada and go like oh it would be so delightful yeah, yeah. well that was one thing because I did go see them live when That's they were right. here in Denver you did and, yeah oh. and that was like one of the first things I noticed was like just like looking at the crowd it's just like so many different types of people mm-hmm. love this show like every single type of person that you, it's it, it was it was amazing to me like how um is it heterogeneous i yeah. whatever yeah, yeah like how like how many different types, types of, of people were just like came to this live show and i was like this is amazing this is why i love this show because it appeals to so many people it does so many uh amazing things through like comedy and, and like subtlety and warmth and oh it's just so good it's yeah. so good yeah uh so yeah for those of you that haven't watched um fair warning we're pretty much be going through um like everything all, that's like on netflix all five right seasons now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um for this episode we just went from uh we've all seen all of them but for this episode we went back and rewatched season one and season five just to kind of get an idea because a large part of what this show is is about their growth uh their character development their um emotional maturity over the years that they spend in this town and so um yeah i thought it would be great to uh just start from season one and then just like watch one and five to see where they start and where they end up mm-hmm. before this last season um which is, airing which is currently Canada airing now. yeah it's currently airing Air in Canada. Canada yeah and yeah we'll come to Netflix yep. at at some point and I really cannot wait yes. yeah <laughs> and, and, if, and if you're tricksy with the internet you can watch the episodes yeah, there's there's, there's VPNs ways. and you know and things you can and... find a way to hack your way into Canadian television. <laughs> yeah, the I'm pop, in the I'm, pop I'm, network. I'm in the pop network. <laughs> I'm hack in. in the mainframe. Hack in the mainframe. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
the show is about a family, a wealthy family who, uh, in the first episode, they um, lose pretty much everything they have because their business manager pretty much just misuses like, their funds stole all and of their scams money them. and didn't pay any taxes. Yeah, he yes. pulls a Bernie yeah. Madoff on him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they, uh, it turns out that they have like one asset. And uh, it's not the kids, Moira. <laughs> <laughs> the kids. Those are dependents. <laughs> no, those are dependents. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> um, yeah, and so that asset is the town of Shit's Creek. It, it's a town that um, John Rose bought as a joke. Yeah. For like he son. bought as a joke for his son. <laughs> and like there's this whole bit in the pilot about like, no, like I actually had to buy the town because that's the joke. Because yeah. I bought the town, that's the joke. Yeah. And, and that's what, it, uh, it's actually based on, I think Kim Basinger buying a town in the 80s. In oh, I think really? Georgia or Florida or something. Yeah. So that's where they got the idea for this ridiculous like Somebody thing. actually bought did that. a town. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. And one asset the government has allowed you to retain. The kids. The children are dependents, Moira. You bought a small town in 1991, Johnny. Yes, I bought that as a joke for my son. Wait, you actually purchased that town? Yes, I purchased the town. How else could I get the deed? You could have photoshopped the and deed. And saved the money. Like, why, would the money. I, why would I photoshop a deed? The joke was owning the okay, town. Stop. That was the joke. Oh, my God. Well, that was the joke that moment where they're talking about that and they have like the lawyer who's like breaking down like what's happening to them uh and our first introduction to Mora uh, like to any character in the show is Mora and it's her just like screaming it's her just like screaming and she has the best screams in this show and this first episode is just like full on out of the gate just Mora I've been gutted <laughs> well, that's because it's Catherine O'Hara, yes. and yes. no performer can throw spaghetti at the wall yes. like Catherine O'Hara of anyone in the world. Like, I've been watching Christopher Guest movies yes. like since I was like 11, yes. and Catherine O'Hara has always been somebody who I have loved, and this show, she is on, like, Full ten. She's all, past like, eleven. She's, she's, fired, she's, past she's 11. firing on every cylinder in every frame of this show. I know. I was writing down lines that I thought, like when they introduce characters, kind of summarize them pretty well. And so um, Moira is crying as they're taking her wigs. The, yeah. the agents have come in and taking their wigs, and she, they're putting them in a plastic bag. And she screams something like, "You can't put Christy in with Robin. They don't get along with each other, right?" So her wigs have names yeah. and personalities. Yeah. Oh, and. And then the other line that she has that I thought was really great was, uh, I've been stripped of every morsel of pleasure I've earned in this life. <laughs> <laughs> what we haven't mentioned is that Moira is a uh, former soap opera star. Yes. yes. Like, so she was on the Canadian soap opera, and so that's how she became famous, and that's how... Johnny Rose, who was the owner and proprietor of Rose Video, which is like the Canadian competitor to Blockbuster, I guess. <laughs> and that's how they made their fortune was through soap opera money and through and video, video, like, rentals. video rentals. <laughs> oh, and and Moira has this insane accent throughout oh, the whole and, series. And it fluctuates so crazily, and it's always so intentional. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> 
well, some engine revving outside. Yeah. All right. Well, hello. I guess they like to excrete too. <laughs> yeah, and the 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 kind of every episode, I'm consistently surprised that it's still funny after dozens and dozens of episodes of hearing her insane accent. Yeah. <laughs> and elongation. <laughs> certain words. Oh and vowels. John. That's how you just the way that she chooses, it. and it's all so deliberate. Yes. Like every syllable that she utters like she is it is planned studied and yeah, planned she is studied yes. and planned and yes. is doing so intentionally yes like and it's she's yeah it's kind of like if anyone's seen beetlejuice her character from beetlejuice where this is my art and it is dangerous right like yes. it is that as a whole character <laughs> yep so okay so we're introducing my moira um I think David has a line in the in the pilot, which I think captures the spirit of especially the first season, which is "You're being super dramatic right now," <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's Alexis. I think it's Alexis. Alexis. That's Alexis. It's, it's from, that sounds like an Alexis line, yeah. yes. and we haven't even introduced the kids. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the kids. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've got um, David and Alexis, who are. Uh, just these two, you know, spoiled bratty kids who, yeah, literally never had to work for anything in their lives. Um, and well, other than David's galleries, which, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alexis which has also been a tween him. model. Yes. <laughs> oh, and as we find out later, a reality show yes. <laughs> star, <laughs> her critically reviewed. <laughs> which, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they are very back and forth. Uh, one of the ones that I wrote down as far as when they first get to the motel in Schitt's Creek, uh, David, you know, is, they're arguing over which bed they get. And David, like, wants the one that's closest to the door. And then, so that Alexis and, will get murdered yeah, first. And, she, and so she's just like, no, David, you get murdered first for once. And then he's just like, no. And then they're, like, bickering back and forth. No, you get murdered first. You get murdered first. And this is in first. an adjoining hotel room, motel room. Yeah. Yes. So the parents can hear this through the wall. And through the door that joins into the next room. Oh, oh. Oh, David has a great line. It's either the first or second episode where he says, I have asked you thrice for a towel. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think that captures the kind of elitist, <laughs> selfish, wonderful. And then Alexis says, uh, again, in the beginning, she says, my horoscope says I shouldn't assume responsibility for anyone but myself today. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, the, like, these lines just capture the characters quickly, succinctly. We don't need a ton of backstory. It just captures them. Oh, and her boyfriend, was it Kristoff? Uh, Stavros. Yeah, yeah. Stavros. Yeah. Because like in the in the pilot, she's talking about how Stavros is going to come and take her away from all of this. Her Which like you just boy. know from the first moment he's not. He's never like, coming. He's not gonna There's no way that Stavros is coming. But like this show reminds me, or at least the pilot reminds me a lot of Arrested Development. Yeah, it's about like the wealthy family who loses everything, but. Like, this show is Arrested Development, but with better character growth and with, like, more thought out and, yes. like, more, like, human. Like, Arrested Development, they're caricatures and they're always supposed to be hated. Like, they're mm -hmm. always still, like, these awful people. But, like, this show, like, they start out as these kind of Stereotypes. awful, stereotypes, <laughs> rich people, and they grow into these really great people. Yeah. yeah. It like, feels like, for Arrested Development, it feels like the... 
characters are kind of like catalysts for these like bits and jokes. Yes. Yeah. Whereas in this one, like the comedy is like used to develop the characters, characters. within yeah, Shit's Creek. It, that's exactly it. Yeah. 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 And it's like they both do like they both do what they do very well, mm-hmm. at, at least for Arrested Some of the seasons. Like the first three seasons, <laughs> yeah. but... but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, hilarious, yeah. And really the first two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, the third one that again, got canceled halfway through. Yeah. yeah, and again, that's like where, where that... Uh, again, that arrested development, like how far can you really go with characters who never actually grow? Yeah. And I think that that arrested development really shows you really can't go that far, like just based on the bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which is why Shit's Creek has done so well for all of the seasons that it's been airing so far uh and why i'm glad that it actually is able to like end on its own terms like this Mm -hmm. sixth season is like going to be the last season like because it's written to be the last season which is really nice to see like with the show it's like not getting canceled it's not Mm -hmm. like trying to like overstay its welcome as far as uh you know having 12 seasons of just like, what are we still well, doing here? <laughs> uh, that, that's also the Canadianness because they have state funding. Like, art is funded in Canada. Yeah. So, like, they're not beholden to shareholders. They're not beholden to, like, oh, we are, we have advertisers who are going to continue to share. pay yeah. us money. So, even though you're out of ideas, even though you're like, this show is past what you had like for writing you need to get making it because we're still making money because we built in this the, like in the american model and, yeah. like it's a canadian model of like no like go and make your art tell your story and when it's done your story is done yeah yeah it, daniel levy in an interview said that um he's like the he's like we don't want fireworks at the end the fans don't want that but that people just want to know that the characters will be okay yeah. That's how he described the finale, right? And I think that also describes their whole approach to the show, going back to what you were saying about that's really a character study and a family study built in comedy. Um, Catherine O'Hara joked that she's like, uh, she said, hey, let me get the exact quote here. Um, that it's like we're aliens learning how to be humans. Yeah. That that's how she <laughs> that's sees the show. the show. Yeah. Like. yeah. Well, because, yeah, they are very much like out of touch with reality. Yes. They've <laughs> never really had to deal with any problems like like (laughs) and so here they are they find themselves like in this uh whole like this you know kind of backwoods kind of town in canada Mm -hmm. and they just have to learn how to make it they have have to to be humans (laughs) uh and uh yeah speaking of the town we should get into some of the characters there because um, yeah, there's it's it's lovely. Oh, um, Stevie. She's yeah, I was like I was gonna start oh with Stevie. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stevie has a great line to uh, uh, David where she says she's making fun of one of his sweaters and she says. Uh, that sweater is one chromosome away from being a crochet blanket. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Stevie is the manager of the motel. Like she's or the concierge, I guess, of the motel. <laughs> yeah. So she. At, at the start of the show, yeah, she's like yeah the front desk attendant, the mm-hmm. yeah the concierge, um, and by all you know rights, pretty much the manager, almost owner. Yep. Like of course, <laughs> she takes care of everything that goes on there, um, and yeah, I just I love her character so much. She when we come in, she's very like already just kind of like matching the energy that like they're that the uh roses are bringing yes. of like they just think they're so above it all and she's like yeah no you're just here in Shit's Creek too so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. She's, so <laughs> she's also so, so like so unimpressed yeah. so like yeah like she's whatever just 
like, yeah, welcome to my personal hell. Yes. Like, it's also my hell. I've been yeah. here forever. Yeah. So. She is so, and she gives it right back to them. The, the jokes she makes at their expense often go over their heads because they're not self-aware enough to figure out they're being made fun of, which that's one of the things that changes over time. Yeah. Um, and her and David immediately like hit it off because they both have that very dry mm-hmm. uh, like wit. They're both mm-hmm. very like snappy uh, and like sharp in their humor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's great to see them just like immediately hit it off. Um, which, yeah, it, it's lovely. Yeah. And they're, I, they're back and forth, their rapport. It's it's almost like a 30s like romantic comedy, like where you're yeah, just, it, just it's witty kind sparring. Of like a Howard Hoxie yes, like yes. relationship. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that's one of the things that uh, I think that was really I loved about how they developed the relationship in the first season uh, because it does kind of like turn well it doesn't kind of it does turn into a romance for mm-hmm. a minute there mm-hmm. uh and briefly yeah and in one of the most like great like metaphorical discussions that there has been in any show ever yeah uh well so the the thing that about it is a little like, later I, well yeah because yeah. well, yeah, I, I well i love it because they like david like first like comes across like very he's very like fey like very mm-hmm. like effeminate presenting mm-hmm. uh and so it becomes like very easy to like slap this label of like gay onto david mm-hmm. uh and then like as you kind of like see them grow and that moment where they like get like really high and uh in like stevie's cut like off of stevie's cousin's like stash or whatever and then they like have to go like hide in like the next room and they're both like just like really stoned and then they like start making out and then like the next episode is them like waking up in the bed together (laughs) uh and then like you're like at first you're kind of thinking oh well like i guess this is going to be like some weird like one time like Mm -hmm. they were just kind of one off fucked up yeah yeah like like, they were like both like fucked up and that just was what happened uh but then it's like no they like go to the center party and then they're like oh well i guess like maybe we should just like practice more like maybe we should just like keep doing this and it's like oh great that's awesome like this is what's happening (laughs) Which, which is why this show is like so cool because it explores sexuality in like such a different way. Yeah, and, and that brings us and, to the wine conversation. Yeah. Yes. So, just to be clear, um, I'm a red wine drinker. That's fine. Okay, cool. But, uh, I only drink red wine. Okay. And up until last night, I was under the impression that you too only drank red wine. But I guess I was wrong. I see where you're going with this. Um, I do drink red wine, but I also drink white wine. Oh. And I've been known to sample the occasional rosé. And a couple summers back, I tried a Merlot that used to be a Chardonnay, uh, which got a bit complicated. Okay, yeah, so you're just really open to all wines. I like the wine and not the label. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And it's so easy, like, I love how they explain it so just, like, easily of just, like, oh, yeah, this is what I like, this is what I'm into, and I'm, like, what he says, I'm more into the wine than the label. And it's like, yeah, that, there you go. That that encapsulates (laughs) a whole kind of progressive politics in one line. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And even um, Johnny, like, later when he's talking with Roland, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, my son is pansexual. He's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure, like, what that all means. But, like, 
I love him. And so whatever that's makes it. him happy. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, it's that easy. It's that easy. <laughs> you don't have but to understand it. That's all it, it has to be. Yeah, you don't have to understand all it. it all you be. have to do is mind your business. Yep. And, and, and just support. <laughs> and when we get into season five, we'll start talking more about like... Yep parents and their acceptance and like I just want my kid to be happy yeah yeah but and that it's treated as comedy and it's funny but it's never funny at anyone's expense right and that kind of all the different characters reactions to it are mostly kind of like vaguely like oh okay whatever right yeah. And it's more about um, David's ridiculous, wonderfully ridiculous, over-the-top fashion sense than anything else, right? <laughs> uh, that was one of the things I started writing down when I was, like, in season one. It's like, David's clothes, which, like, in the beginning, I was like, these are so ridiculous. And then by, like, halfway through, I'm like, I really love David's clothes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, which I can tell. I see you've got yourself some yeah. drop crotch pants. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And no, a very flowy shawl. Very well done, <laughs> well, Colin. It's a shawl that's it's like halfway to being a scarf. Yeah, yes. it's like asymmetrical cut. I like it. I like it. Very, very good, Colin. And, and Tara, I'm, I'm really much, uh, very much enjoying your uh, tiara. Like all of your, you're <laughs> bringing me Alexis. Yes. today yes a little bit of Lexus <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> seriously though people have said Tara don't you have that outfit Moira's wearing right now <laughs> I think that I look like David to my students right? like, they look at me the way he's like walking in big sunglasses yeah. like very flowy clothes you're just like let's get this over so with let's, All let's right. start class and they're like who are you space alien lady <laughs> Um, but that is uh, to the point of the town and again the humor of it not necessarily being at anyone's expense I love that one of the things that I noticed again on my rewatches is the jokes that are made about people are almost always like to their face like in their presence and they're almost always met with like the same energy or just kind of this like nonchalance of like the people in the town are never like presented as like uh like dumb or like kind like, of like yeah you know, they're not other... like hayseeds or hicks and yeah they're, yeah they're all like just people yeah and, and that chris elliott's character um Roland. Roland, Roland. Yeah. he's the mayor yes is the mayor and he starts out as that like full hick stereotype and again kind of grows over time and there's um, one episode in particular where the, I, I, there's a contrast with how the first time he's introduced where Jocelyn says oh, she's invited them over um, for dinner to try and uh, because uh, Johnny wants uh, the mayor to sign a contract and he says she says make yourselves at home Roland's just on the toilet and so but also and, in like the first episode he goes and he's like well I'm gonna go use your bathroom and he's in there for a really long yeah. time <laughs> <laughs> an like, long time and then Moira has this joke about like oh oh, I heard that you teach high school or maybe want to finish high yeah. school. I, I couldn't hear over your husband's chewing, right? Yeah. So it's extremely rude. It's just totally oblivious. And then there's a there's like kind of a contrasting scene a couple of seasons later where um, they're, the four of them are out to dinner and then some of With Johnny... With some society friends of Johnny. They're yeah. from their yeah. previous yeah. life, right? And you're like, it's so painful to watch how rude they are. Because it's like Johnny and Moira are seeing how they used to treat Jocelyn and Roland mm-hmm. through the, their eyes and they finally like step in yeah, and, and then stop when it, Johnny right? steps up and defends yep. Roland and everything it, yes. it's so beautiful it's so yeah. beautiful and, and it's so painful but it's also again going back to the never anyone's expense they're seeing their own bad behavior through the comedy and that's too again of like I don't I think that they do present you know Roland mm-hmm. as this kind of like bumbling kind of like yep. again 
has lived in like a very small town hasn't really had you know much need for you know anything in terms of like high society or anything like that and so they like again Moira and Johnny make fun of it but again as the show progresses it's interesting because we don't really see the people in the town change mm-hmm. like those people like pretty much stay the same and Mora and Johnny like learn to appreciate, appreciate them, them for who they are yes. they learn to like see the value and like in all of like what this like life has for like these people who just like yeah I, I'm here I'm with my family like most of like uh, Johnny and Moira like don't even know Alexis' middle name. Yep. Like it's established <laughs> at one point. It's like yep. these things where it's like, oh, like all of these things that are like they've taken for granted because they've seen like their lives and the, from the lens of like, oh, like you know, world travel and you know, you famous know, the, people and yeah. famous parties. Well, they're, they're and saying designer labels. a flashback yes. in like season five where they're like it's a Christmas episode yes. where they're talking about like the Christmas parties that they used to have yes. in their old life. Yes. And then Johnny like says, Oh, but what about what would happen after those Christmas parties? Like the house was empty. I was by myself. Like none of us cared about each other. Yes. And like, once we came to this town, we learned to care about other people. Like yeah. we not only learned to care about each other, but we learned to care about other people. Yeah. And I, I was going to talk about that episode too, because it really encapsulates the whole growth of the characters over time. And it's so like, that's why it's so heartbreaking in that episode, because Johnny is the optimistic one. We're going to make it through this. We can do it family. Right. And that's the episode where he loses his faith. Right. Because he reflects on, wow, our parties, maybe they weren't so grand back when we had all this money. I was alone. And now my kids are, you know, like we're not having a party this year and he kind of gets sad and despondent and then I won't spoil it but it turns out a-okay <laughs> in a really heartwarming and beautiful really, way yeah. it's not saccharine right it's no. sweet and tender but never feels false or cheap or anything like they really hit this wonderful emotional line that yeah. I it's so rare to see a series over time or even a movie that can kind of ride that line um, and that they can do it so consistently over seasons yeah and I think um, we'll finish out on season one here and then take a little break um, but one of the uh last moments in season one that shows this like small little creeping of them like starting to like not necessarily accept but kind of be a little bit more comfortable in this world is when they have Moira's surprise birthday party uh, and they're like in the barn which again first of all is just like the it's fact that barn. she even like walked <laughs> into the barn yeah. like knowing that it was like for a birthday party for her was like again a, a step forward for yep. her uh, and then in the end uh, like the last scene it's um, her and Johnny are dancing and um, more or um, not Moira um, Roland and Jocelyn, Jocelyn yeah. uh, are like dancing and uh, Roland has like his hands on Jocelyn's butt and uh, Johnny kind of looks like a little like <laughs> taken aback by it and then as they're dancing like Moira does the same thing to Johnny and it's just like this little moment yep. that's just like yeah. alright yeah we're, we're here for a little while mm-hmm. even though the next season like immediately starts with them like being like we're getting out but but it's like this little moment of like acceptance of you know where they're at of just like moving in a direction of like just taking their intimacy as uh more than kind of like this like service level thing of just kind of like actually like showing a little bit more care and And tenderness tenderness. yes that's it's such a tender moment right and like when in tv do you see things that are tender yeah right that's what i feel is so strong and wonderful about this show 
Yeah. Oh, and the times that she just like laugh and cry at the same time is yes. just like ridiculous. Yes. It's just like <laughs> the amount of laughing. Yeah, you're just like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's funny, but it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll take a little break, and then when we get back, we will jump into season five. All right, and we're back, back to the future. <laughs> back in season five. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a, a lot that happens. So yes. if, 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 again, if you haven't seen the show, pause in yeah, here. Just, yeah, like seriously. <laughs> Stop now. Go watch five seasons and, and then and come, come back. Come back yeah. to us, yeah. Because you will watch once you get hooked. You are not going to stop. And yeah. Um, yeah, so at the beginning of season five, like everyone's pretty, you know, settled into the town. Uh, I think at this point, oh yeah, at this point, at this point, David and um, Patrick. Patrick are together. Yes, yeah, so, like- so yeah, we met Patrick in season four. Mm-hmm. Um, he helps. He initially starts as David's business partner, uh, helping him open up a general store in the town. Um, so they're they've gone through like um, a lot of different. Um, David like worked for a little boutique for a little while, blouse and barn. then yeah, the blouse, <laughs> blouse barn. That's right, that's right. <laughs> blouse barn. Blouse barn is one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. spots. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, and then yeah, he ended up like making money off of that because they like some Australian company came in and like wanted blouse to town. buy the name. Well, yes, because yeah. they wanted the name, <laughs> yeah. so they bought blouse barn out for the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, David and Alexis went in and pretended to be like lawyers, yes. which is great, <laughs> a great moment. <laughs> and they ended up getting a nice chunk of money, um, which David uses a part of to open his own um, general store after the one in the town closes. The general store called Rose Apothecary. Yeah, which is like so like perfectly like it's just right on the line of just like pretentious, I, but like right so on the line of eye rolling. Cool. Yeah, yes. but yeah, but I would definitely <laughs> shop there. Yeah, <laughs> I have a bag from there from yes. the live show. Yeah, I'm jealous. And of I that. want the bag. I'm really jealous of your toe. <laughs> And yeah, it's it's like the it's a nice little shop where he you know curates local goods mm-hmm. to like sell under his own label, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah perfectly David. Yes. It's just it's 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 the combination of like all of his like expertise in terms of like his eye for style and you know and his, fine goods yeah, yeah. and uh, also kind of combines um, you know Patrick who becomes not only his business partner but his romantic partner. His kind of more like practical sensibilities. Yeah, Pat- Patrick and- <laughs> is like this really pragmatic character. Yeah, so, like he introduces like Patrick as a character like introduces this whole different like lifestyle or this whole different like vision of yes. life. Like he's yes. like the grounding character, and yes. like I really loved Patrick when he first arrived because it's like, okay, guys, like settle down. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a little over super dramatic right now. Because <laughs> Patrick like brings us back to reality in ways yes. that are like really And he fun does it and he does it affectionately. Like he's yeah, not making it, fun of them yeah. for being so over dramatic. It's always loving. Yes. It, it's always like grounding in a loving way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think the baseball episode is like the perfect example of that. <laughs> <laughs> of like... Oh, I love the baseball episode. <laughs> uh yeah, it's, they're like uh Patrick plays like 
is it softball or baseball? I think I it's so- like community softball. softball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like a beer league. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a recreational like league for like the town. And, you know, they're short a member. And so <laughs> he's like hinting at David to like, so hey, step like, up. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all you really have to do is just like stand there. And <laughs> uh, and so, of course, David is reluctant and there's wackiness ensues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I just love like the little, uh, like the little pokes and prods that he like, you know, gives to David for just like, again, when he's being extra, which is <laughs> all the all time. The time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I love that by season five, they've really settled into this like extremely formulaic uh, way of they structure the episodes where it begins with the four of them at the motel having it's kind of setting up the world they're setting up that episode whatever is going to be happening then they go out into the town things happen and then they resolve it within 22 minutes right <laughs> whatever it is it is so basic formulaic simplistic but the endless variations and permutations and the gentleness and the constant humor that they find in this very very formulaic um setup is just glorious to watch i love every episode i'm like oh it's gonna start in the motel <laughs> right and i'm like which of course they're gonna break in season six now that i've said it right but i know kind of what's coming but then it's all the details and it's all that pleasure of everyday life that's the other thing is it has this like again community softball league type yeah. life right <laughs> well it's also so much a show about community and yes. like them embracing the community the and, jazz gals, um, the... the jazzy gals, oh, yeah. but also the, the, there is an arc to season five about they are going to put on a uh, community theater production of Cabaret that Moira is going to direct. Yeah. And so like, the, the, the entire season of season five, like arcs around their production of Cabaret. Yeah, which initially, like, Jocelyn is directing it. Yes. Uh, but she's, like, you know, got school. She's just had But a she baby. also just had a bebe. A bebe, yeah. Isn't the bebe scheduled to be dormant now? <laughs> when they're babysitting. That was such a good one. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and so uh, the auditions. Again, this is where we get... One of the most, like, just hilarious <laughs> moments in television history of Alexis coming to audition for <laughs> Cabaret with her critically reviewed, critically <laughs> a song reviewed. from her critically reviewed limited reality TV show, <laughs> A Little Bit Alexis. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like funny because it's like by the time she gets like Laura's she's like, like no like we really should she, in the most delicate way all the time too she's like no we really shouldn't allow Alexis to go on this and she's trying to and Jocelyn's like no Jocelyn's of course like, oh, like, no. Like, she's so, gotta be so talented she's your daughter <laughs> yeah and it's funny because it's like by the time we get to like the She's like the la 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 eleven Lexus and she's like dipping like dropping low and like <laughs> Moira's like kicking Jocelyn in the knee to like make it end. Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
the show also does this great job because they do so many different types of performances, right? Is all the anxiety around performing, right? Like when um, Patrick plays the guitar at Rosa Park uh, at the, the, the store yeah, for like David Racing. The, yeah. the end of season uh, four. And then the reprise of that, that is by far like the most romantic, lovely. It's, it's simply so, the best. It's simply the it's best. It's simply the best. It's simply the best. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, sorry. The, there's all this like because they themselves are performers so often there's mm-hmm. all this anxiety around performing and all these kind of jokes about it that is just really fun to watch yeah and if we're talking about like anxiety around performing this is going to get into like the final episode yes of take it five, take which it take is something it. i really want to talk about yes go for it um <laughs> which is i think that emily hampshire who plays stevie does the greatest performance of maybe this time i have ever i've seen the um perfect i've seen the one from the movie i've seen mm-hmm. like all the that is the best maybe this time that has ever been committed to any type of film or any type tell of us media why. tell us why it, because she's bringing all these layers it's the layers of like she's this character who's nervous about performing this but it's also the character that she's playing is nervous about the situation and it's mm-hmm. it's so beautiful like the first time i saw that performance of me this time i cried my damn eyes oh yeah (laughs) like i and then i went and watched all the other versions i could find of maybe this time and like Mm -hmm. none of them are even remotely this good (laughs) yeah and as somebody who has a theater degree and like as a theater person i've never seen cabaret i know about cabaret i know what it's about i know like all the The themes i know the beats of cabaret and i know this one song but my God, it's incredible. Yeah. And th- I think, too, with the whole Stevie's arc this entire show, mm-hmm. like, leads to this moment, which it, is it, so it's, great. It's like, all about Stevie's It's all about, yeah. like, her, like, because this last season we've had her, like, kind of, like, in this romantic relationship uh, with Amir, who, like, comes to review the hotel. They're kind of doing this, like, long-distance kind of meet-up every once in a while type of thing. And then when and then, she tries to take it to the next level, he's yeah, like... Amir says no. no. Yeah, he's like, this was just, like, fun. I thought that's what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was such and a beautiful happens, moment. And like, the same day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was such a beautiful moment between her and Johnny, too, of, like, because they're winning this award for the hotel, like... And Johnny is very excited about this. He's like, this is like what he's been working toward mm-hmm. because his whole arc has been him trying to like build something build as far as the business. Him, like, yeah. Trying to go back to work and become a useful member of society. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like in this moment, he's being like the work that he's done is being recognized and the work that he's done with Stevie is being recognized and he's really excited about it. But she's just been like crushed Crying. like two seconds before <laughs> they like call the name of the hotel. And so instead of like staying around and like partying and like celebrating his win, like he goes with Stevie and like goes, goes back to like, yeah, Shit's Creek. Care of her. Like, yeah. And oh, it's so moving. And, <laughs> and, and, and another moment too is when she's right before she goes on, we the see her. Moira yes, with Moira. Oh my God. Like, uh, that was this, like this time around. Like I, I wept like the first time during the actual song. This time I wept during the pep that talk. talk. Is amazing. I, I even wrote down stuff from the pep talk. Yeah, because this is like 
again Moira's arc because Moira is like so self-centered and this it, it becomes this thing about her building up Stevie mm-hmm. and her like saying oh no like I'm not worried about you you have this on lock yeah mm-hmm. and she's like you're the most like confident you're person you're the most confident person and she like what she says is let's take our Sally by the hand and go out there and show those people everything she can be if she were more like you Oh, I could so effortlessly conjure up the perfect words to bedazzle your spirits. That's one of my gifts. But no. No, you need to be exactly where you are. Okay. Are you talking about me or Sally? Why, Sally, of course. You I'm not worried about. What the hell is your secret, Stevie? You just stand your solid ground. Refusing to be anything but you. Never thought I'd say this about anyone in this town but you. You're very, very cool. And whether you set sail or stay put, that's not going to change. Now, why don't we take our Sally by the hand and we go out there and show those people everything she can be. If she were only more like you. Yep, that, that was the moment we're just like, yep. oh <laughs> and, and that makes the performance, like, when she's so, when the Stevie is becoming the the Sally, mm-hmm. like, in that song, it makes it even more beautiful. It makes it even more poignant. It makes it even more like, oh, yeah, like, this is so great because Stevie is bringing the Stevie to Sally. Mm-hmm. And that's why this song works so incredibly well. Yeah. And you know, earlier in that scene... Like, or in that episode, she's talking about, like, there's this one scene that I can't nail down. And she's talking about that song. She's mm-hmm. talking about that one scene. And it's Moira's pep talk about, like, no, like, bring you, you. to the part. Yeah. And how emotionally vulnerable it is. That's what, it's not about the kind of gymnastic singing, right? Or a certain no, kind of, like. No, because it's, it's not that she sings it incredibly well. I mean, I've, I've, she sings it very well. I, I don't want to diminish her right. singing. But it's she acts it yes. so well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she performs it in both the kind of vocalization but then the emotionality. It's like, yeah. so the emotionality <laughs> that she brings to maybe this time is unparalleled. Yeah. And again, like Stevie as a character just resonates with me so much. Like again, I I am like the single person of like <laughs> All of my friends, like every single person I know is like pretty much like in a relationship or married. And it's like, I am the single one. And it's taken me a while to like get to the point of like being comfortable with myself of like, like just being like, okay with like being where I'm at of like learning like that. um, Like when David, you know, announces that he, uh, that, uh, when David tells her that Patrick proposed to oh, him uh-huh. and like there's like this moment where she's like just like really happy and then it just kind of like you can kind of like see it kind of turning inward of like a little bit of like well like what does this mean for us or like where does that leave me and like all of these like little moments that you see that are just like I, I have felt those that like pretty much like all of these moments of my life have had these like times where I see these things happening and like, yes, I am like so happy for like the people that like are finding love in my life that I also love. And at the same time, like I have had those moments where I'm like, well, like, well, what, well, what do I do? Now? What do I, like, yep. where am I? Like, where does that leave me? Yep. And I love seeing like how like this, like at the, by the end of like this fifth season, she's like, 
well, you know what? Let's fucking figure it out. Like, yep. let's fucking, like, let's take this, like, fucking by the reins and, like, let's let's see what happens. And, like, like going into, like, the sixth season, we see, like, you know, kind of, like, I don't know. I feel like by the end of the sixth season, we may see, like, Stevie leaving Shit's Creek. I hope that's where uh, she goes. Yeah, because yeah. it feels like that's, like, where her arc is leaving, or where her arc is leading of, like, her, like, figuring out, like, what the next step is for her outside of this place. Yep. Because as Moira says, like, you know, whether you stay or go, like, you're still going to be, like, the self-assured, the self-confident, mm-hmm. the, like, awesome. coolest person the that yeah. I coolest know. coolest person, because she <laughs> talks about, like, how cool you yeah. are. She's like, from the first moment I met you, you were so cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, yeah. But- and that's, for me, my hope for Stevie. Because yeah. as someone who grew up in a town that's very much like Shit's Creek in the middle of nowhere, uh, being the one who often was kind of jaded about being in this, like my own personal hellhole is my hometown and they all know it. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was, you know, working, doing elder care, you know, like being like, am I ever going to get out of this town? Working at the, like the video, not the video store, the, um, where you get your like uh, it doesn't exist anymore where you get your photos developed right like the local photo place the right yeah. yeah at the photo mat um, <laughs> so I feel like and she, there are lots of jokes that she makes where I'm like that is me I'm so glad I got out right <laughs> like, when again in the I think it's the pilot or maybe the first couple ones where they're going to the party uh, where she at uh, the kind of you know um, the tailgating party yes uh, yes and she yes. makes a joke about you know like um, well in a t- town this small, you've either already been through them or you know way too much, much about yeah. them. <laughs> right? And uh, I, that was like, yes, that is why I got out the moment I could. Right? So I'm really hoping. I'm like, Stevie, Stevie, spread your wings and fly. There's a huge world out there. <laughs> so I, okay, I kind of want to make some predictions. Okay, so here's what I think. I think that. Uh, because a large part of what the story has been in terms of like Shit's Creek when they first came in was that the reason why they were even allowed to keep Shit's Creek was because there was nothing of value there. Yes, it was and so, so little. This asset but, but, was so small. Turns out yeah, the value is the people. Well, yeah. well, yeah. So, well, and so not only that, but like I feel like um, again along with Johnny's arc of like trying to like kind of make himself like uh, a contributor to society. Um, him bringing up like the Rosebud Motel and mm-hmm. them getting like this kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like something like that will kind of develop into bringing more attention to the town now that they have this like national recognition. Yes, and Alexis does that with the yeah, because singles. Alexis PR, is yeah. the like publicist for Moira. But also with yeah. the singles event that she has where it yeah. 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 Or she has the over. singles week. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. And then so yeah, and I think that um you know, I feel like there will come like a time in season six where there'll be like an offer made yes. that'll be like significantly more than what Johnny paid for it initially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and right. I think that that'll be, they'll probably, I hope, like end up staying and being like, well, no, like we've like invested all of this. And now because we put ourselves into this town, like we are mm-hmm. a part of this town. And so we can't like give it mm-hmm. up and that will like lead to them kind of like just continuing to build Shit's Creek and like yeah and yeah. flourish there while Stevie gets to go off go and off. like there'll be a very teary send off yeah to <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that's my prediction of yeah. like where I feel like these arcs are leading Maybe, to yes. which would be just like a beautiful cap on this show. I think that, uh, yes, I hope, I hope, I, I, I love, love that, that. I love it, yeah, I love it. I love it. that as prediction. Craig, can you go write that for <laughs> Hit me up, Dan, hit me up. Also for like dating stuff too, I mean, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 
I'm straight, but I would I would definitely go on a date with Tanner. <laughs> but um, uh, one thing while we're talking about season five that I wanted to bring up was uh, Patrick's coming out episode, <gasps> which was another episode that made me cry. I rewatched like, oh, it this, this morning. This is uh, yeah, I watched it like last night. I watched this episode. I was like, this is so beautiful and so like, I, I mean, I. I have no experience like this so i can't relate it to anything but well i think uh, i it's so hopeful to me yeah <laughs> of what the world should be like well it's it reminds me of um there's a whole movie about this that i feel like doesn't do as well as this one episode uh it's are you the, talking about love simon yes, yes. exactly, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> where it's like oh this like you know fairly you know like well off like white kid who is like really not afraid of coming out of like uh because he thinks that uh anyone's going to like hate him or like you know be you or know malicious towards or, him or for it afraid of violence. yeah it's mostly just like he has <laughs> anxiety about like the changes that that mm-hmm. will mean of like you know of just like having to just like put himself out there mm-hmm. and patrick is very much going through that same thing um but i feel like it's done a lot better in this one episode than um, it is done in like a yeah. Feature <laughs> well, mainly because like I think that that conflict is something that really only needs that length of time. Yes, like it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like you're still like a white guy, like With lots you're, of privilege. Yeah, you're gonna you're, be fine. You're gonna be like fine for the most part. So, like, I get that. It's I understand that it's hard, and yes, there is that risk of you know actual like you know rejection from your family um but it's made pretty clear in both love simon and this one that most of that is just coming from a fear of the change and so based off of that like i feel like yeah the a 22 minute episode is about all that that really needed to like be effective in showing like yes like he made that leap even though like his parents already knew because from like the moment they get into town Johnny without realizing it because yeah it's like they've they've been invited here for Patrick's surprise birthday party uh no one everyone thinks that you know every, like everyone knows everything and so yeah Johnny's pretty much like oh yeah it's so great that like our sons are like together, together. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love about that episode is is the David in it because David is so support. Like we see such a turn in David in this moment because David like so often is so selfish and so self-centered, but once Patrick like becomes vulnerable about like, I'm worried about coming out. David becomes the most supportive and so focused on Patrick and like mm-hmm. his well being And like, even if like your parents are okay, like I'll still be here for you. And yeah. that's all that matters. And like, mm-hmm. it's so, so beautiful like the way that david just becomes the most supportive partner we see that in the uh proposal episode too as he literally yeah. carries patrick up oh, the mountain. like <laughs> it's like morning. david rose literally put someone on his Another back and, yeah, and, and carried him up a mountain earlier in the same episode david is complaining about the weight of the backpack that yeah. he's carrying. <laughs> and so yeah you really get to see how much like David truly cares for Patrick and how much that has like translated into. And again, I think it really, it it does start with Stevie because like his relationship with Stevie is one of the first times that he, uh, again, kind of meets someone who initially he underestimates and 
it turns into like one of his best friends. Yes. And, and I think it's they such even a have moment. an episode, I can't remember what season it's in, where they're like, I think you're my only friend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where they kind of have that conflict. And, and then I love that that comes after their quote unquote romance is over, mm-hmm. right? That it's not that you can have different types of relationships with people over time and it doesn't only have to be one thing. I think that comes after they share a guy too. I think that it was is. Another, yes, like, it that is. is also a great yeah, moment. It's after a thruple. Not really a thruple really because a thruple it's because, like, like... at no point were they like all together but like the, the third party... He suggested party, though. Yeah, the third party was wanting it to be a thruple but both of them were like, uh, no thanks. We've done this before. Yeah, we're, we're good on that. Thanks but no thanks. And again, how all this kind of fluidity is just in... It's just part of the landscape and part and, and of the world. And it's never commented yeah. on. It's it's just what it is. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I do like that, you know, again, in this very Schitt's Creek slash Canadian way, that the parents are more upset that they, that Patrick had to keep it secret from them. Yeah. Right? Yes. And that that's like, what they're worried about. <laughs> yeah, because there's a moment where the father says, like, did when David comes to see him, he says, David, w- did we do something wrong? Mm-hmm. And David, like, first freaks out. is like, oh, my God, they're freaking out because yep. their son's gay. Like, it's no, no, we, we're fine that he's gay. Like, we're upset that he couldn't come to us. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, can we all live in Shitscreek? <laughs> right? Can the world yeah. just be? <laughs> I think there's another relationship that we should probably talk about. Uh, Alexis and Ted, which is so adorable. Um, yeah, in the first season, they kind of start dating, and then uh, as they're leaving, uh, well, the day before they get the news that they're leaving, Ted proposes. Uh, or no, the day that they get the news that they're leaving, Ted proposes, and Alexis is like, "Well, if I wasn't leaving, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, but. At that point, um, yeah, her her selfishness is still. Yeah, it's really just her. Like, she has a thing for Mutt, and who's like the hot beardy lumberjacky dude (laughs) with Uh, no personality. (laughs) If we're gonna talk about characters who don't have an arc, yeah, (laughs) Mutt goes away. Yeah, he just kind of disappears, which is fine. Yeah, (laughs) he served his purpose. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, they like get together, and then. She kind of cheats on him, mm-hmm. but the, it's kind of one of those things where it's like they're leaving. She thinks they're leaving, so she goes and hooks up with Mutt. But then, like the next day, it turns out that they're not leaving, and so she's like, "Oh crap! I think I kind of cheated on my fiance." <laughs> <laughs> and, and then so she breaks it off with Ted, who like goes on like the honeymoon retreat like by, by himself. himself oh so heartbreaking <laughs> and so Ted right it's he's so genuine and earnest yeah and she yeah. is so selfish <laughs> it's very simple it's a kind of a twist on the dynamic between David and Patrick right that there's one who's um, but it's that Ted's also like wonderfully like naive and kind of yes, dumb. Yes, Ted is, is like really <laughs> right? naive. He, he's not dumb like he's a really smart guy but he is like kind of like, emotionally dumb like, I don't know like, well, he's yeah, just kind of like like interpersonally yeah. like dumb like yeah. he's yeah I think he's just yeah again lived in this very small town where Clueless, yeah. yeah where he, yeah. like yeah he, he takes care of animals mm-hmm. and just like wants to Have do a that nice and, life. Yeah. yeah and so yeah he hasn't really had to do much outside of that and so yeah there's a, a limited range yep. yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, in his like emotional intelligence yes. but uh, as he you know, him and Alexis kind of grow together. We see, I think one of the funniest episodes, uh, and I think it maybe is in like, I think it is season one where they like uh, have the dogs over 
and yes. <laughs> and uh, they like Alexis like can't get in the mood with the dogs like staring at them, <laughs> and then so they uh, at one point he like gives her a book of like you know like something about dogs but then like the subtitle of it is like learning to like care for someone other than yourself, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like such a good little like it's such a, a good little jab. poke yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then, we get to see that we, yeah. and we get to see it by the time we're in season five right that she's not only grown independently of Ted right that she now has this business and is taking an initiative and is thinking about others right and, and, and then Ted has this once in a lifetime opportunity to go and study in the Galapagos Islands and he's trying to bring it up to Alexis like oh we could go on a vacation to a place where you can have beaches and I can have interesting wildlife maybe the Galapagos Islands (laughs) (laughs) and she goes like I love where you're coming from but let's talk about some other islands (laughs) but then yeah once like he actually like tells her what's going on um, she actually like makes the like sacrifice to the selfless choice to like Yeah. yeah go with him which is again such a, a moment of growth. Yes. Um, like we've seen them kind of like come together, be apart. Uh, I think like in season three or four, he like Ted is dating someone else, mm-hmm. uh, and we and that was like kind of that moment where we get to see um, Alexis kind of grappling with the uh, like the emotional distress that she yeah. caught that she put on Ted yeah. and uh, that her and little Teddy won't always be there for her exactly right? yeah. because yeah that's what it's been for so long mm-hmm. of like yeah Ted is just kind of like always there he's always just kind of been like the person who like served her mm-hmm. and been like gave up himself like parts of himself to like be with her and so now in like season five we get this moment this huge moment of yeah. like her being like okay well yeah it's my turn to like give to you because I've taken from yes, her for so long. I've taken for so long. So yeah, that was another moment. And again, we get, we see all of these things like uh, flow between all of their relationships. Mm-hmm. Like we get to see, you know, Moira and Jocelyn actually becoming friends. friends yes. Like we get to see her like as a part of like the Jazzy Gals. And- yes. And, <laughs> and, the, and that, so the big, the main characters all have these big arcs, but then we also flesh out all the kind of secondary yeah, we have, like, and third smaller characters. Arcs like for the minor characters. For Ronnie, yeah. for Ray, the real estate agent, for Twyla, for Bob, right? Mutt goes away. But, yeah. <laughs> but that we kind of see all of them evolve and kind of take on like more of the show also. Even though they don't have the same radical change, we just learn more about them exactly yeah yeah and that that, i feel like that's the thing of like um this town kind of being in this little bit of a stasis pod in terms of like where it's at and and, yeah and that's why you can see why stevie wants to get out yes (laughs) (laughs) but it also helps them grow and the, the rose's presence really like shakes up their you know kind of day to day right that they're they're that the fish out of water actually does in inter- a little bit change them right? yeah not radically but just a hint of it yep yeah. <sighs> one thing we haven't talked about is that this is like a family produced family made show yes. yeah so it's eugene libby and dan lee like the like father and son like making this show together um, Twyla is played by their daughter, by Eugene Levy's daughter. <laughs> their yep. daughter. Their yeah. daughter. <laughs> 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 but Twyla is played by like um, Eugene Levy's daughter, Dan Levy's sister. Like it, like it's very much like 
one family's like passion project yes. to make this and then, wonderful show. And then Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara have been performing together for probably for, forty years yeah, now, decades. at least thirty. Yeah. yeah. So I love what I love about the show is that it's witty and biting, but never cruel. Right, yeah, like you yeah. don't get that. A lot of American comedy has that cruel undertone. Well, to lots it, like of on the British office. comedy has that. Yeah, cruel exactly. To it, yeah. And that, but that everybody gets teased for their ridiculousness, right? Mm-hmm. That it's kind of an equal, uh, you know, like, like you're e- ridiculous <laughs> and you're ridiculous. Even and the episode I'm ridiculous. where they're doing the roast of Roland. Yes, yes, it, yes. Yeah. That everyone gets teased, um, and that it's sweet and tender, never saccharine, um, and that. Everyone maybe has genuine affection for each other. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen a show where it's about genuine love, genuine affection, yet is so fucking funny and so moving. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, that um, another good example of kind of that poking fun without necessarily being like like acerbic with it. Yep was uh when Moira goes to Jocelyn's hairdresser oh, and yes. like get in this given like the exact same hairstyle as Jocelyn <laughs> and it's like throughout the whole episode it's kind of like her being like oh my god I can't believe this was done to me uh and at the end like Jocelyn is like yeah I know you don't like the haircut and she's like pretty much like I just like you know wanted you to know like you know like so that way like one day you're going to have to shop at the blouse barn and you're going to have to do these things and that thing because you're not living the life that you were living anymore. And I don't want you to be caught off guard when that moment comes. And Moria comes back with essentially like, like I, this is not my hair. This is your hair. Well, it was funny because she said, this is not my hair. And then Jocelyn's like, yeah, I know it's a wig. <laughs> <laughs> But she's like, no, it's not like me. Yeah. It's like, yes, it's you. Like this, like this on you, like this is like wonderful. It's yes. beautiful. It like you shows you. you know who you yes. are. Like it is like, it is you, but it's not me. And it was just like this great like moment of like both of them kind of like explaining where they were coming from in a way that was like, okay, yes. Respectful. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Shockingly, re- who knew we could have some respectful disagreement? Uh, I love a show that like has like characters just like talking earnestly to each yes. other about their, about things that are happening. Yes. Uh, I, it's, it's so nice. It's so, and the, the, this show, is, there's only one other show I've ever watched which I have the same feeling about and I think it's maybe not, uni- it's not, I'm not the only one who feels this way but I think it's a unique quality of the show is that it's characters that you want to spend time with like they're old friends that you want to revisit (laughs) right like oh I haven't seen you in so long let's get together and like catch up like I have that feeling with I think all of the characters in the show right and that watching the show um that you get this kind of friend sense with them right that you know the intimate details of their lives and you can make fun of them and they can make fun of you you know it's a it's a very inviting relationship that you have with the characters. Well, well what show are you talking about? Oh, this <laughs> one. Oh, Schitt's Creek is one. Yeah, and then but what was the other show the, that you're making a, yeah, an analogy? That uh, Northern Exposure, which is oh, extremely yes. hard yeah. to find because it's in, like, licensing hell. But, like, I when uh, I go back to watch those episodes, I really feel like, oh, I'm visiting my old friend. Which is a very similar show because it's yes. a small town in Canada. It's a fish out of water story yeah. of a wealthy, rich, in this case, Jewish, Jewish doctor, doctor who, who goes, goes to, to yeah. a small town in Alaska, which is actually shot in Canada, right? And, <laughs> and he's the fish out of water and has to 
with this kooky cast of like locals and has to make his way. So like the shows are very similar in their premise, but they're also very. Uh, uh, Northern Exposure is an hour long more drama than comedy, but it has a very similar feel of character studies and people working out differences and people being lost and confused and changing over time. Yep. So I, I if you like this, you will most like likely Northern like Exposure. Northern Exposure. <laughs> yes, I have it on. I have all of it on DVD. It took two years to find it for me. He had a Google alert for two years. That's how hard it is to track down now. Well, awesome. Well, I think on that note, we can probably go into recommendations. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. If you like, you would like Northern Exposure. <laughs> if you can find it, good if luck. If you can find it, you can email me and I'll mail you my DVDs. It's that good. Um, uh, Parks and Rec is a similar type. Yes, it's an American version of this so, type of yeah. show. Um, on the Canadian side, I would say Kim's Convenience. No, I was going to oh, say that. <laughs> Same channel, same channel. Like they literally premiered on the same day. Yes, they did. Kim's convenience. Um, I would also say this is uh, perhaps uh, less uh, sympathetic portrait of rural Canada Canadian life is Letter Kinney. I don't know if either of you have seen uh, that. I haven't seen that, but I've heard good things about it's it. Ho- I can only watch an episode at a time. <laughs> it's, it's it's a very different feel, but it's also about kind of rural Canadian life, and it's written by people who grew up in rural Cana- Canada and Canada. Canada. Um, and then obviously any of the anything starring Christopher Guest and depending on how old you are. Yeah, that was yeah. gonna that was gonna be in my yeah, recommendations. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. That you you either know him as Nigel from This Is Final Tap or the villain from The Princess Bride or is the director slash star of Best in Show uh, with Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Best in Show, Mighty Wind, Waiting for Guffman, For Your Consideration. Yeah, there's a whole series of films that they made together that are kind of similarly... Um, th- those are a little bit more mean spirited often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit more of the Christopher Guest. I mean, we've yep. done um, uh, Waiting for Guffman on oh, this show. Oh, okay. And we kind of just talked about how much of it doesn't age as well. As, yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen but, it. But I, I, I will <laughs> say that A Mighty Wind and Best in Show, particularly A Mighty Wind, um, if you're talking about like Catherine O'Hara and um, Eugene Levy, like, A Mighty Wind is a really great movie. Yeah. Um, sorry, but, sorry, I stole both but, of your. <laughs> but no, I, I I have other recommendations. Yeah, as well. great. What you got? <laughs> um, if you're talking about Canadian TV shows, there is a show called Slings and Arrows. Yes. Um, yes. about a Canadian um, Shakespeare festival. Yes. The first season is on YouTube. Yes. The uh, other two seasons are very hard to find. Uh, but Slings and Arrows is great. I also have those on DVD. If you want to borrow them, um, <laughs> those later seasons. Yes. But if you're talking about shows that have really great character arcs, I'm going to re-recommend Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Um, and particularly, there are two character arcs from actors who passed away this last year. Um, Aaron Eisenberg, who plays Nog, who starts out as kind of a delinquent Ferengi you know, ruffian, who then becomes the first Ferengi to serve in Starfleet, mm-hmm. but also Odo, Rene Aubergeois, who passed away this year, who has one of the greatest character arcs Mm -hmm. in all of Star Trek ever. Mm -hmm. And if you are one of our beautiful, handsome, wonderful Patreon subscribers, um, (laughs) stay tuned to our Patreon to hear character arcs be one of my uh, main arguments when Tara and I discuss the merits of Deep Space Nine versus Next Generation. Dun, dun, dun! Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) We're going to full battle mode! (laughs) Engage! Uh, I will recommend uh, again reiterating Kim's convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it's a, another Canadian show um, that really does well with uh, like a family dynamic. Um, it's about a Korean Canadian family who 
owns a, a small convenience, convenience store, store um, <laughs> and kind of um, the father of the family um, kind of reconciling his relationship with the son who was played by uh, the most, uh, just what a, what a man, what, what a man. man. Uh, Simu I would Lu, watch him do anything. Or Simu, sorry, <laughs> no. Simu Lu. Um, and yeah, what, what, a, what an amazing show. I love it. Um, and also another great family show is One Day at a Time, um, which is on Netflix. Um, I believe there are three seasons on Netflix and, um, it was like canceled for a while, but then it got like mm-hmm. rescued by mm-hmm. I forget which network, but I think that's coming back in like March or April. Yeah, and it's the reboot of One Day at a Time. You mean the one from the two thousands? Yeah. So yeah, there's a, yeah. This yeah. is a yeah. It's a new series. Yep. Um, that just came out. I think within the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a Cuban American family, um, and uh, also does a really good job in terms of talking about like sexuality and queerness um, and the immigrant experience. Um, and that one is, yeah, it's a wonderful show. <laughs> I, I, that is on top of my list based on your recommendation. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I will say one thing that, you know, might get people kind of like that you may have to work through as a, a, a person who's watching, you know, comedies in 2020 uh, it does have like a laugh track, mm. which is like a little off-putting at first, but like really the rest of the show yeah. like just does such a good job. Like the emotional beats of it, like uh, mm-hmm. the comedy of it mm-hmm. uh, is one of those things where, again, after a couple episodes, you just kind of like... It yeah. just kind of goes... It, it kind of like, yeah, you can yeah. get over the laugh track like you can with the first season of Sports Night. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of audio, one last thing: uh, the tuba, the use of the tuba in Schitt's Creek is hilarious. Oh, yes. yes. It is so like I guess the tuba is the funniest instrument. Like the tuba and the triangle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Comedy genius. Yeah. Tuba plus triangle. <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, that was our episode on Schitt's Creek, our first ever TV show. (laughs) Again, sorry for uh, doing a TV show. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry Sorry. we talked about a TV show. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, You can find us online. We are on Twitter and Instagram at IWYTWT. We have our website, uh, which is IWITWT.com. You can find both Colin and I individually. I am at Catharticus. I am at Um, Yeah, we have a Patreon up that, I swear, I swear, one of the days, I just, <sighs> there's just so much work to be done. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I edit, I, I do like the, you do all the, work. the graphics. <laughs> I do already I recorded do, some Patreon yeah, content, and I we swear to, it's going yeah, to go. I need to, yeah, I need yeah. to edit it and like, post it and all of that jazz but I promise it's coming um, but you know it's not like anyone's paying for it right now anyway so <laughs> once we get people like once we get the content out we will start promoting our Patreon <laughs> so that way people can subscribe and to it and there's some really good episodes yeah we've got some good stuff coming on yeah. the line so 
Um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, I maybe I'll just take like a couple of days off work and just like oh, no. get into. I mean, I got PTO, so it's nice. Oh. <laughs> I got some PTO, so I'll have to use some PTO and, and just maybe get have a day where I just edit down episodes. Get them posted and then, and then you will pay for them and release Craig's salary. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm yep. sure that's going to be our yes. wonderful a wonderful patrons will pay for our Patreon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it'd be great to just get the uh, the Spotify hosting mm-hmm. fees paid for but um yeah <laughs> anyway thank you all so much um yeah and keeping out for that thank you for listening and goodbye from the creek find some rum down though oh there we go goddamn rum <laughs> oh yeah, my right. god yes <laughs> Give me Ram Dam or give me death. <laughs> My kingdom for Ram Dam. <laughs> <laughs>